0: I I am a firm believer in affirmations and keeping a positive mindset. I do have squirrel tendencies. I'm like everywhere, right? I just like doing all the things, doing just everything. I am I love budgeting and I love it so much that I do it every single day. Like it's part of my morning routine. I'll wake up, I'll see what transactions have gone through. I'll go ahead and make sure they're categorized correctly. Go through YNAB, you need a budget and I'll say approve, approve, approve. We're good. And then I feel good for the day. Um, so that's kind of how I start my day And that has become a habit
1: Welcome everybody back to another exciting show The About That Wallet podcast Where I help you build strong financial habits Either with myself or I saw bringing on a Special guests who have shown And actually proven track records And helping people like yourself build strong habits, even though they might not focus on habits, but they still focus on habits. But I have the awesome opportunity to bring on Tiffany Grant, who is an accredited financial counselor and award-winning personal finance blogger, podcaster, coach, and educator. Might as well add on here, mom as well. She is an awesome mom. So Tiffany, I want to thank you so much we're coming on to the About That Wilder podcast show uh, to share some of this information here today.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me, Anthony. It is my pleasure. I'm so excited for our
1: conversation. Me too. Because <laughs> uh, we had a great time and I met you doing uh, FinCon. You were part of the mentor group. I mean, the mastermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was an, like the information that you gave me during a mastermind program. I was like... I don't need to be here any rest of the week. I was like, there's so much information here already. Um, And it's really set the tone for me at FinCon. Um, So I do want to thank you again. I know I thank you like ever since day one.
0: (laughs) Well, no problem, no problem. You know, one of my beliefs is... Um, you rise and you lift. So as you increase your skills, your abilities, you know, your level in whatever industry you are, you lift someone else with you. So that's why I'm so free with all the knowledge that I have. I'm just like, please take it, run with it, go. (laughs) Because that's the only way we'll be better as a community.
1: Definitely. And you do talk a lot about community and community building and making sure we heard in this financial space because usually you don't hear about too many uh, people of color or um, inside finances. It's usually um, you hear about some little white guy with glasses that talks about the seven baby steps. You know, that's usually the typical person you'll hear on, on the radio um, or somebody that's heavily doing like multi million dollars in like real estate and so forth. But you coming into a space and you've been doing this for how long now? Since 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. And from all the things that you've seen, what has been like the biggest um, money mistake that most people do?
0: Mm. Ooh, uh, <laughs> there's so many ways I can go with that, but I think the main Thing is not being clear about where they want to go. Um, I think that is the main mistake I see people make. Like they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, go with the flow. I actually just finished talking to somebody about this, um, where I'm like, people are generally on cruise control because it's easy, right? So they're like, oh, I want to have all these goals and do all these things, but they're not making sure that they reach them. And so I think that's that's one of the biggest mistakes, is just always on cruise control and not having a clear target in mind of where you're trying to go with your money and with your goals in general
1: okay so they're poor planners they don't want to sacrifice. this is what i'm getting out of this like they don't want to sacrifice to uh make those changes in their lifestyle to get to that next level that of where they want to be so is it best that they make like more obtainable goals like small ones
0: so here's the thing. Okay. So goal setting is a whole like thing of an in of itself, right? Because there's a lot of things you want to look at. Like you want to make sure that your goals align with your values. Do you even know what your values are? Uh, because that's important as well. Some people don't even know what they, what what is important in their life. <laughs> so there's no way to know, okay, how can I make my money? Uh, connect to these things that are important if you don't know what's important. So you want to make sure you know your values, make sure you have goals that align with your values. And as you're creating those goals, make sure that they're smart. Now, I know you all have probably heard of smart goals. It is a big buzzword, but it's so true. Like, you know, you want to make sure that they're specific measurable, attainable, realistic, and time constraint. And I have found following that framework has made it so that not only me, but my clients as well, they're able to reach their goals when they say they want to reach their goals. Because if you have if you have values, you have goals attached to those values. Now, all you have to do is create a plan to get there. And if you stick to the plan, it's kind of like a foolproof scenario, as long as you stick to it, um, that it can be reached. So that's kind of how I look at it. And, you know, a lot of times we like the discipline and I'm going to put myself in there as well. Um, (laughs) Sometimes we like the discipline sometimes, but at the end of the day, as long as you decide, okay, you know, I fell off maybe this month or I fell off this year, you know, whatever the case is, but you know, starting today, I'm going to do something different. And then you actually act on it. I feel like that's the most impactful thing you can do. So to give you an example during FinCon and all the other stuff that I was doing prior to FinCon, because I was traveling, like, I mean, every other week I was somewhere else and I was off. I was completely off with my budget. Um, And I even got to the point where I just ignored it. I said, you know what? I just hope I have enough money to pay my bills when I get back. (laughs) That's where we're at with this. Um, So... Even the best of us <laughs> fall off sometimes. And it's okay. But like I said, it's not what happens to you, it's how you react. So for instance, in that situation, I fell completely off for like a good month or so. But once I got back home and I was, I was like, oh, I do have enough to pay the bills. Cool. We we good there. Um, but I was like, Okay, Tiffany, it's time to buckle down. Um because I know for me, because I've been doing this for so long, that helps with my anxiety, that helps keep my life in order in general. And so when I don't do that, it's like everything is discombobulated. So I was like, okay, this is a step that you need to take to get your life back in order. And so that's what I did. And I sat down for an entire day and all I did was put in um all the different expenditures that I had during all those different trips, making sure they were categorized, just going back to when I stopped and catching it all up. And then I felt completely better. And then I felt better because I realized, oh, I'm good for this month. Like (laughs) I reached all of my bills, like everything is paid for, I'm good. And so when I didn't do that, I didn't know if I was good or not. And that was causing me a lot of stress. So you know, all of that to say, (laughs) make sure that that's something that becomes a habit. And even if it's not a habit now, as long as you do little steps each day, you'll make it.
1: So do you track this all in like a spreadsheet to build that habit?
0: So usually um, when people are first starting, we start off with a spreadsheet. Okay. Okay. And so I have a budget spreadsheet, which there's a free one on my website, just go to the blog and then search budget. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, (laughs) But uh, I start off with that spreadsheet. And the reason I do that is because it's very thorough. And so it, you know, things that you might have not even thought about is on that spreadsheet. So I always start there. Now, once you get everything down, it's up to you whether how you want to um, budget, like, do you want to use pen and paper? Do you want to stay on the spreadsheet? I personally use apps (laughs) because I am a tech person too. So I love, I just went from every dollar, which is by that same white guy with the glasses to YNAB. So now I use YNAB and I like YNAB better um, just personally for me, because it's, you can't spend money unless it's there. Right. And so, you know, that's typically an issue when it comes to budgets. It's like, okay, it's all fine and dandy. The money has not made it yet (laughs) but I'm planning for it which is cool but then once the money gets there you know then that's kind of when everything starts moving around but with YNAB nothing moves (laughs) until it's actually in your account so that's what I really like about them Um, so I've been using them since hmm, July I want to say is when I signed up and I really enjoy it so
1: Nice, and for those of you who are not familiar with YNAB, it stands for "You Need a Budget." So, <laughs> just keep <laughs> it simple. Uh, so, what are those? Um, this is a question that I wanted to start diving into. Is what was your first money fear?
0: Mm, credit cards. Mm. I was so. <laughs> credit adverse because i saw the detrimental effect of credit like when i was growing up i didn't see the positives of credit i saw the negatives of credit i saw that it can cause bankruptcies it can cause foreclosures it can cause like stress like that's what i saw when i was growing up so i was like I don't want credit like when I got older I said I don't want a card like I have no desire to have a card but unfortunately you have to have credit in order to get credit so I had to get over that fear and that trauma, you know within myself that um, credit is bad, you know and because that's what I would tell myself credit is bad. like this is this is all I've seen credit do, mm-hmm. not realizing that there's a whole good side of credit as long as you use it um, you know, as long as you use it responsibly. And so I got my first credit card and it was the hardest thing ever for me. in in my mind, like psychologically. Uh, So what I would do is just use it for gas real quick and I would pay it off immediately. Like (laughs) as soon as I finished swiping while it was pumping, I was paying it off because I didn't want to um, have any type of credit card debt. But Also, what I learned was that what we're taught where you have to carry a balance is so not true. I was able to increase my credit score just by doing the strategy that I just said. And so um, (laughs) that to say, there's a lot of misconceptions around credit. And that's another reason why I like to educate people with the facts. So that way they know how they can use credit as a tool versus um, using it irresponsibly.
1: Yeah, I'll try to use this analogy around credit cards. Is that credit cards are just like the stove. And if you know how to use the stove correctly, you can make some great food. You have great things from it. But if you use it incorrectly, you can burn down your house. And with credit cards, you can get burned too. You know, you can lose everything. Uh mm-hmm. it might not blow it up, but it's just not might be it might not be there anymore mm-hmm. but if you use credit cards really well it can provide you free transportation it can provide you free housing uh in transportation i'm meaning like airplane and it can fly you wherever mm-hmm. you want to go uh change the weather if you want to but mm-hmm. if if you use it properly so those are the analogies that i like to use um to, to bring that together
0: yeah, you know, I've never heard of the stove analogy. That's new to me today. <laughs> I'll be sure to stick that in the back pocket.
1: <laughs> okay. It is women out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, because you've been doing this for uh, for quite some time, and actually going through the whole accredited counselor process, like being a counselor is a big thing because you always hear a CFP. And, you know, for you to be an AFC Is there like a major difference between the two?
0: So, okay. So, I did a whole episode on this um, interviewing the executive director of the AFCPE organization. And pretty much how she explained it was so, AFC and CFP are both the most well known, most, um, you know, known and respected. certifications you can have in finance, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how they're different is that the CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner, they focus on financial planning for the long-term, okay? So they're looking at retirement. They're making sure that you have at least a dollar by the time you die and that you have enough to get through retirement and that everything in between is kind of falling in place to where everything is just a smooth plan and a process. Okay. Now what CFPs do not do, and I know this because I have partnerships with a lot of them is they do not do like budgeting, like getting into depth, like on budgeting and debt payoff and all that stuff. They may give you like a projection on how you can pay off your debt, but they're not hand holding you through the process. And so that's kind of where AFC would step in because that's all I do. So I don't do the whole like make doing your investments for you and all that stuff. I'm getting you like when you're at the ground floor, we're working on budgeting, we're working on mindset, we're working on um, uh, budgeting mindset, we're working on debt payoff, stuff like that. And then once we're done, That's when you would graduate to a CFP. So I have a lot of relationships where if people aren't quite ready for the CFP, I have CFPs that refer to me and then vice versa. So if somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, Tiffany, I'm making, I don't know, let's just say multiple six figures. You know, I already know how to budget. I already know this. I already know that. How can I... um, better, uh, be tax efficient or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, you know, I know a little bit, but a CFP would probably be your best bet. And so then I refer them out. So that's kind of the difference between the two and how they can work in tandem with each other.
1: Nice. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, because actually uh, the certification that you have is actually something I think I'll be interested in actually taking as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because, to have some letters behind your name, for some reason, it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, for some, it doesn't. But it's always good to have those extra three letters behind there um, around finances. So you've been doing this for quite some time again. Um, but, you know, what is what are those habits that you say? What are your top three habits that keep you, um, as you can say, that got you where you are today?
0: Mm, okay, so that's a really good question. And I do have an answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I will say making it part of my lifestyle, pretty much. So like, for instance, I'm, I love budgeting, and I love it so much that I do it every single day like it's part of my morning routine. I'll wake up, I'll see what transactions have gone through, I'll go ahead and make sure they're categorized correctly, go through YNAB, you need a budget and I'll say approve, 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 we're good. And then I feel good for the day. Um <laughs> so that's kind of how I start my day and that has become a habit. Um like I said, if I don't budget, then I feel weird. And so it's been so ingrained in my lifestyle that it has just become you know a thing that I do every day Um, and then I also just reconcile weekly so I'll put everything in daily and then at the end of the week I'll make sure my balance matches what's in my budget and just make sure everything is flowing right so that's one Two, um, I am a firm believer in affirmations and keeping a positive mindset. Um, Anybody that knows me or I've heard of me, Tiffany's probably the happiest person on earth. Um, Disney cut her a check. No, but um, (laughs) (laughs) no, but um, I believe in having a positive mindset at most of the time. I mean, of course, you can't have it all the time, but most of the time having a positive mindset. And so I uh, do a lot of uh, self-talk, uh, being aware of what I tell myself and being aware of what I say to myself. Uh, I do a lot of affirmations. So at least once or twice a day, I make sure I say an affirmation or if I I feel a negative thought trying to creep in, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> let me hit that with an affirmation real quick. And so you know, just doing those types of strategies uh, has helped me do this. Another thing is, I live the exact same way now as I did when I was making like ten dollars an hour. I do not really spend on hardly anything. First of all, because I don't like spending, I'm very frugal. But second of all, I don't allow lifestyle creep to happen. And that's what happens to a lot of people: is as they make more money their lifestyle increases, their expenses increase. And so they're not really seeing that money anymore. And so that's one thing that I have done throughout my, even when I was working in corporate America, throughout my corporate America career, every time I made more money, guess what? That extra money went to debt or went to investments. (laughs) It did not go to, I don't know, shoes, you know, whatever. Like I make sure I have the necessities, but I don't spend crazy on other stuff except technology. That's my only <laughs> that's my only uh <laughs> vice. But um other than that, yeah, I try to keep my spending as low as possible. Um because uh and don't get me wrong, you can only knock down as much as possible. I mean, zero is zero. So if you get your expenses to zero, you still don't need income in order to make that happen. So I try to keep my expenses as low as possible and my income as high as possible. So that way I have that gap and I can do what I want to do with the money that I have available. So um, anyway, so I think you said three, because I'm like, I could yeah. keep going, <laughs> oh, yeah. but that that should get people started at least.
1: Because, yeah, um, you know, you talked about having the growth of income, and obviously we only can cut but so far. Now, going forward and growing our income, I just recently taught people how to use Etsy to, <laughs> you know, as an entry-level thing to try to sell digital products as something really quick and simple. What stuff or side hustles uh, that you've seen that's been really helpful for the people... Who are just looking to grow extra income that they cannot, for some reason, do um, what they call it uh, after not after hours overtime mm. uh, at their current job.
0: How long we got? No I'm just <laughs> 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 No, but seriously, I tell people all the time, like. You can make money doing whatever it is you love to do. So of course, it's going to vary by person. So like, for instance, I had one client, okay? And just to give you an example, um, I had one client and she's like, I always love doing hair. Um, You know, I do it occasionally. You know, sometimes people come to my house, I'll do some hair, you know, and that's pretty much as much as she was doing. And so I was like, well, and she was working, her real job was in payroll. So it has nothing to do with hair, Okay. So I said, okay, well, you know, what what's holding you back from doing hair? And so she was like, oh, I don't have the time or I don't have the money to go through cosmetology school and this, that, and the other. So I said, okay, well that's what you think, like, that's what's in your your brain, but let's put some data behind it, right? So I'm like, go to the school that you're interested in, figure out how much it costs, what the time commitment is, whether they have payment plans, you know, all of that different stuff, just have some research data to see if this is, if what you're telling yourself is true, okay? Okay. So she came back with the data and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm looking at it and depending on how bad you want it, we could probably make this work, <laughs> you know? And so anyway, long story short, she ended up cash flow in hair school. Um, she ended up having enough time because they were working with her on the hours because she explained that she was um, working full time. So she was going after work on the weekends to do her hours and things like that. And not only did she cash flow school, she also had money to pay for her exam and she had money to get her supplies after she passed her exam. So I'm like, a lot of times we tell ourselves we can't do any do things without having the concrete data saying that we can't and not having the plan saying that we can't. So um, so that's one example. Another example is, I'll just use me, I side hustle my butt (laughs) off at all times (laughs) because because I, um, I do have squirrel tendencies. I'm like everywhere, right? I just like doing all the things, doing just everything. And for me, it works because like, for instance, I've had a business making soap. I've had a business, um, you know, doing money talk. I've had a business uh, selling uh, plates, you know, <laughs> I would cook Jamaican oh. plates, mm-hmm. um, selling plates. I had a business doing desserts. I had a business like whatever it is I'm interested in at that time, I could hop in and do it. And I feel like a lot of people. Let themselves hold themselves back from um, opportunities, or just not knowing that the o- opportunities exist. So, like for me, whenever I see somebody in business or you know, I'm speaking to somebody on the podcast or whatever. I'm like, dang, how can I apply that, you know, <laughs> to what I'm doing, uh, whether it's related or not. And so that is the mindset that you have to have when you are thinking about being an entrepreneur or trying to side hustles. What opportunities are around you at any given moment that you can take advantage of? Um when I first started on this journey, I was ubering and Lyft. I think I did Uber and Lyft for like three years. Um because A, I I enjoy driving. B, I like talking to people. (laughs) And then C, I was making that, you know, making money. And so I was like, well, this is fun. This is a good opportunity. And so I enjoy doing it. There's people doing Instacart. There's people doing DoorDash. You know, there's... The opportunities are endless nowadays. So really, it just depends on what you love to do. One of my friends, she loves cleaning. I hate cleaning. So guess what? (laughs) Exactly. I said, oh, girl, let me help you with your passion. And you can help me not do something that I don't like doing. And so I hired her to clean my house. And she loved it. She loved organizing and cleaning. And I'm just over there like, you go, girl, you know. (laughs) You go right ahead. Um, but I say that to say there's somebody willing to pay you for whatever it is, what skill, what interest, whatever you have, there's somebody out there willing to pay you for it. So just do it.
1: <laughs> right. Because we also in a recession right now, or, you know, they don't want to claim that we're in a recession, but the numbers are, are the numbers. Um, and some people might not be in the U.S. Glo- our world recession, In the mindset, but they also might be in a recession in their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it that you would say is the best thing to kind of push through the recession? Um, Or what's some of the the tips and tricks to get out of that? Hmm. No, it's a question. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm like, hmm, (laughs) how can I best answer this? No. um, So, okay. So if the question is, if we're in a recession right now, because we don't know if we're in a recession or not, because we won't know until after the fact whether this is a recession or not, um, how can we get through it? So right now, uh, because interest rates are high, I've been telling people I highly suggest paying off high interest credit card debt. Um, And the reason I say that is because it's expensive to keep carrying those balances every month. Um, Last I looked at my credit card bill, um it was at like 23% now so it's at 27% and so as they keep increasing interest rates all of those interest rates are going to increase too. Now, it's good for the savings side of things. So I don't know if y'all have noticed, but savings uh, accounts rates have been increasing. I think like almost every day, allies to me, <laughs> sending me an email. Oh, your rate's increasing. Um, <laughs> but whenever they do in, uh, interest rate increases, it increases on the bad debt and it increases on the savings. So I've been telling people the best thing to do if you have high interest credit card debt is to get that paid down. Um, because it's just going to get more expensive. If you are, if you don't have that, then savings um, definitely important to have uh, at least a little bit. <laughs> you know, I tell people because some people are starting from zero. You know, to be real. And if you just start off with a goal of five hundred dollars and just say, okay, I'm gonna save up five hundred dollars for let's say an emergency fund or a runway fund, as no money Steve likes to call it. But um, let's say. It's $500. Well, you can do something like the savings challenge on my website where every week or every month or every payday, you're crossing off one of the numbers and it's numbers from one to 50. And so if you cross off a number, you can't use it anymore. So if it's a really hard week, That's
1: what you're saying.
0: if it's a really hard week, <laughs> All you have to do is scrape off scrape up a dollar. Okay. And I'm sure just looking around where you're sitting right now, you can find a dollar. And so you would cross that off, put it somewhere where you're not going to touch it, and then so on and so forth and keep going. And actually if you do the one through, I think it's one through 49 really, but if you do that one, um, by the end, you'll have over a thousand dollars saved up. So you know, just kind of use different strategies to kind of hack your way to that savings. If you feel like it's a difficult thing to do. And then once you get to 500, say, okay, well, let's go to a thousand. If you get to a thousand say, okay, let's start working on this three months. (laughs) You know Um, if you have three months, be like, okay, let's start working on this six months, you know, and so on and so forth. So don't get overwhelmed by the big numbers, break it down as small as possible. So that way you can have those wins. And that's how I paid off as much debt as I did was I broke it down. I took the big number and I broke it down. Um, and it's easier to stick to that way. So hope that answers your
1: question. It does. Um, Because it's nice that you took the approach of the avalanche method. Um, or is it considered the avalanche method because you use the percentage rates?
0: So <laughs> that's a whole the conversation. But so um just for the audience, um, there's mainly two ways to pay off debt, right? Um uh, methodologies. Mm-hmm. And that's the snowball method, which is when you take the lowest balance you pay that off, you get the quick win, you know, psychological, you're like, yes, I could do this. And then you move on to the next one and so on and so forth. Um, and then the avalanche method, which is what Anthony mentioned, was is when you take the highest interest rate and then you work your way down. Now the avalanche, you might not get the quick wins, but it'll save you the most money because you're starting with the high interest. Now, personally... I typically do a combination of the two, just depending on where I'm at or where my clients are. Um, I might do a combination of the two. So, like for instance, if it's some high interest debt in there, like some credit cards, then we might tackle that first just to get that knocked down. But then, once we get to the low um, interest rate stuff, like student loans or houses or you know sometimes cars and stuff, then we might start. Uh, doing the snowball method. So we might start with avalanche, then move to snowball or start, start with snowball. Like if it's somebody that's like, Tiffany, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't do this. Like this is impossible. Then we might start with the snowball and then move to the avalanche just so they can get that momentum going. So, you know, I feel like you don't have to do one or the other. You can really do a combination of both. And that might be more beneficial too.
1: Nice. How did you get to this mindset of abundance? Like, it, like like a conversation that you had when you were younger or it's, it's like
0: I don't know where I got this whole woo woo thing <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um I don't know like because my family it's not like nobody is like me. (laughs) I'm just being real. Like I'm really an oddball. Now my little sister is kind of like me a little bit, I guess just from following me or whatever, but I'm kind of like an oddball. Um, I think for me, I just feel like life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. And so as I'm going through life, it doesn't matter how horrible the situation is um, from the outside. For me, I'm grateful for having that opportunity to go through that. You get what I'm saying? So like, for instance, when I had COVID, okay, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I felt like death. Um, But when I had COVID, I said, well, you know what? I'm grateful that I've had asthma my whole life because this has pretty much trained me for having COVID. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, all my asthma stuff. So I had my nebulizer, all that stuff. And I was taking that every day and that helped me keep my lungs clear. And so I didn't have to go to the hospital and all that other stuff, you know? And so I think just going through life, looking for the silver lining versus looking for what's wrong. I think that's kind of what has helped me throughout the years. Cause I've had some crazy stuff happen uh, where a lot of my friends and family are like, Tiffany, like, are you okay? But I think just going through life, looking for the silver lining versus looking for the negatives. Um, I think that has helped me. So to answer your question, how do I get to the mindset of abundance just looking at things in a positive way, pretty much at all times. (laughs) Like I always try to look at things as positive as possible. And then that kind of helps with that abundance mindset because I don't ever feel like I'm lacking, um, really, you know, sometimes, you know, but, (laughs) but most of the time, you know, I have the mindset that I um, have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. So I feel like, oh, anybody can do anything. You don't have to be born to do something, you know, as long as you want to do it, you put the effort in to learn it, blah, 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 blah. You can do anything. And really quick one example i give my students because i also teach at a university is i'll have them so i'm like okay who in here knows how to play guitar okay and so maybe one or two people raise their hand or whatever and i'm like okay i want everybody to take out their phones and i give them a message to text okay now of course they don't send it i just want them to go through the motion now i'm like okay a guitar only has six strings Your keyboard on your phone has how many buttons? A lot, at least 32, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like... But everybody was able to do that, but not everybody was able to play guitar. Why? It's because at the end of the day, you practice this all the time. You practice texting every day, all day. You practice with that keyboard. So a lot of people can just do it and just be like, you know, not even looking at it, right? And so it's the same thing with anything else. You know, the people that do know how to play guitar is because they practice and that's how they're able to do it. Like, I don't believe that people are just innately born with stuff per se, you know, to an extent, but I'm like, anybody can learn anything. And so that's the growth mindset helps with the abundance mindset helps with, you know, seeing the positive every day um, and things like that. And just being grateful too. I think that helps. So anyway, that was a long answer to a short question.
1: No, it's really good Um, because we get to tap into like your mindset a little bit more about how you approach life, because we already talked about like, Hey, you have a set routine, you have your set habits, your idiosyncrasies, you have those moments of multiple habits that make you feel good. And then also you have okay, because you handled everything in the morning, you're able to handle whatever life throws at you throughout your day. And now because you've been practicing it for so long, it's become your normal routine. So now that for those of people that are listening right now, it's just trying to figure out, well, where do I start? And like you mentioned earlier, which is to start with something that you're comfortable with and just start to use that as your your building block mm-hmm. to kind of take on the rest of the world before you start adding on and more and more. Um, so
0: really quick, like ask yourself, what do I want to be good at? Right? So if it's, oh, you know, I want to be good at money because I'm tired of living how I am. So what steps... Are you going to take every day to make sure that you are good with money? Maybe it looks like, okay, I'm going to just track my expenses every day and just see what I'm spending on just to build that awareness. That's OK. Or maybe it's, oh, I'm actually going to sit down and create some goals today. Yeah. OK, perfect. At least I'm taking one step. So regardless of what it is, because not everybody wants to be good with money. I mean, people want money, but not everybody wants to be good with money. <laughs> go. And so <laughs> whatever it is you want to be good at, um, just start taking steps every day in order to make that happen. And like for me, I love <laughs> I'm done with the plug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plug it in.
0: Um, but uh, if it's not money, like for me, I would love to be good at podcasting. Okay, so every day I make sure I do something that makes me better at podcasting. Whether it's guesting on other podcasts or hosting Twitter Spaces or going live, like I need to do later today, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I try to do things that make me a better podcaster because that's what's important to me. So I wanted to say that just to say, you know. It's not all one size fit all. Not everybody wants to be good with money. Not everybody has the same goals, so on and so forth. But whatever it is that you want to do, you can apply these same concepts.
1: Awesome. So that brings us up to the third segment, which is your feature. Where do you see Tiffany in the next two years?
0: Two years. Okay, so two years, I see Tiffany in Jamaica because I'm actively trying to build up to move. (laughs) So honestly, um, okay. So let me backtrack a little bit. Um, going through a PhD program, which I'm supposed to be starting next year. um, And that is to study how personal finance interacts with black and brown communities um, on a daily basis. Okay. And so I don't want to be the one that's just sitting there being passive. Like, yes, this is an issue. No, I want to help change laws. I want to make sure that corporations are on board. Like, all of these different things so i'm i'm i want to be the one to write the textbook about why this is important okay so um going through that program and also having a property in jamaica um and also being a bomb podcaster which i'm already working on and i do like and just looking past two years but i want to be a world renowned speaker so i want to be the person people contact, like, hey, can you talk to my audience about um, financial literacy or, you know, the impact on black and brown communities or, you know, things like that. Like, that's what I see myself um, doing. And yes, I could do this for the rest of my life. And yes, I would do this if I didn't have bills. I would do it and not get paid for it because I love it that much. So um, that's what I see myself doing in the next two years and, and beyond.
1: Awesome. Well, we definitely got to bring you back on to talk about um, the impact of finances on the black and brown community uh, in detail because, you know, um, but I just wanted to give everybody like a nice, lovely intro to you and uh, for what you're all about and so forth. So So make sure you guys are already subscribed and tell more people to subscribe because she's going to be back on within that next six months to kind of see where she's at in Jamaica.
0: i'm like come on goals (laughs) (laughs) you better say it to your audience for accountability but
1: (laughs) (laughs) smart goals right Um, so you ready for the final four questions sure Mm -hmm. awesome the very first one what is which is what does wealth mean to you
0: what does wealth mean to me Wealth for me is um, being able to and, and, you know, I guess my answer kind of changed recently since I lost my grandma. So wealth for me is just being alive, being able to experience this moment with you and with your audience, being able to take a breath every day. Um, For me, that's wealth now. Like it's something that we do not like we take advantage of every day. We take it for granted that we're able to be here on this earth. You know, sometimes people wake up and they're just like, oh, my life is miserable. Oh, my life is Oh, everything is just falling. The sky is falling, whatever. But not realizing them just being able to say the sky is falling is a blessing in and of itself. And so I feel for me, that's what wealth has become. Just being able to live in these moments and enjoy these moments with the people that I know, love, trust, you know, that type of thing. Um, I think for me, that's what wealth is now.
1: Nice. Number two, what was your worst money mistake?
0: getting married. <laughs> and I say that with confidence. Um, <laughs> I kid you not. Um, that was my absolute worst money mistake because I know all the love birds out there, y'all do you? You know, I'm not saying that love does not exist. I'm not saying that the right partners do not exist, but when you get married to the wrong partner, it can have a detrimental effect on your finances. So I would say that was the biggest money mistake for me personally, um, was getting married. And I know I know you're like, dang, I didn't think you was gonna
1: yeah, I, I didn't expect it. Okay. <laughs> Number three, what was your, what is your favorite financial or non-financial book? Mm.
0: Dang, so many, you know, we had that space the other day.
1: Yes.
0: Um. So I think hmm, my absolute favorite is Black Fortunes. I think I'm going to say Black Fortunes and the reason, and that's by um, Shamari Wills, Willis or something like that. Anyway, I'm going to say his book because it tells the stories of the first five millionaires out of slavery. And for me, it was eye-opening because, you know, you always hear about Madam C.J. Walker, Madam C.J. Walker, Madam C.J. Walker, but not really realizing that there was other people that did that too. And then also looking at it from the lens of, okay, they came out of slavery, which is stuff that I never had to deal with. Like I am not out there picking cotton. I am not out there getting beat and all that other stuff. Um, And if they can come out of slavery and still become millionaires, then what do I need to do in order to make that happen too, right? And so being that they came from such adverse conditions and stuff that I don't experience, I have the blessing not to experience today, what makes me different than them? And then trying to fill that gap. So I feel like that book was very impactful for me. So I'm going to say that one this time
1: <laughs> maybe next time be something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh number 4 which is what is your favorite dish to make
0: favorite dish to make mm. probably curry chicken rice and peas um because that's what everybody locally knows knows me for mm-hmm. um i had started selling those plates like a few years ago and even to this day, people are like, Tiffany, when you going to make plates again? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, I have regulars, like people that have bought from me every single time. Um, and so people asking me, am I going to do a food truck? Like all types of stuff. And I'm just like, y'all, uh, <laughs> I like it occasionally, but I do not want this to be a job. So um, with that being said, I think that's my best and favorite dish that I make.
1: OK, well, when I make a road trip, I'll let you know.
0: Okay. And I'll make sure uh, (laughs) I cook that day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So the very last question, um, which is where could people find out more about you?
0: Yes. So please, please, please come into my sphere. Um, you can find me moneytalkwithtea.com. That is my playground. That is where I live. And then you can also find me at moneytalkwitht on all social media platforms. Um, literally everything. Anthony knows I have a slight addiction, uh, but I'm literally on all the platforms. So definitely find me. And then also the podcast, because... That's what we talked about. Um, and that's called Money Talk with Tiff. So I would love to have you over there catching those gems. And the podcast is to interview people, kind of like what Anthony does, interviewing people to see you know, what they do with their money, how they interact with their money, and also just spread ideas. Because you might hear something on there, you're like, dang, I know you can make money doing that. And I, I love to be that catalyst to where people are like, you know what, I'm going to try that. And then they become millionaires. Because we call, we speaking that into existence, right? So anyway, um, the podcast, Money Talk with Tiff. And that's where you can find me.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for definitely coming by on the show uh, throughout your busy day. Because, you know, one of the things that we all talk about here is building those habits. And as you saw today, and as you heard today, everybody has said, Tiffany has brought up such great uh, habits to actually help her get through her day. Not just her day uh, for herself, but also her day for her family uh, to actually help her deal with the day-to-day issues, whatever it comes at her, uh, whether it might be a car breakdown or, you know, just running late to go pick up a child or something. You know, life happens, but her finances were intact. It's not like just she got into an accident. Yes, the mask was on. It's one of those deals. <laughs> I'll show up. I'm
0: like, I hope my car is not listening to this. <laughs> I need you to keep working, no, anyway.
1: I That's what the emergency fund is for. Um, so, but I want to thank you all for uh tuning in. And if you got something out of this episode, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share. It costs you nothing, and all it does is just a little bit of time. So, I want to thank you all, and y'all have a good day.